When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and it's time for our first match preview of the 2021-22 season. I'm joined by John Gibson. Last season's match day previews went down so well that we're going to make it a regular fixture going into this campaign as well. John, how have you enjoyed your summer off? Uh, as far as Newcastle United is concerned, I haven't enjoyed it at all until this last week because we've just sat through the quietest summer it was physically possible and ended up uh, being the only Premier League club without a solitary single signing when we were absolutely desperate for signing. So from a, a magpie point of view, I haven't enjoyed it at all. I've enjoyed the last few days with a possible breakthrough on Joe Willick at long, long last, a little crumb of comfort. Yes, Joe Willick, imminent return to Newcastle. United. Now, we are recording this on the Wednesday before the Sunday game. So we'll just throw that in because by the time you listen to this, Joe Willock hopefully will have signed by Newcastle United. We'll not be putting this out until uh, Friday morning. But John, what we'll do is we'll cover kind of a few scenarios within that deal. Firstly, Joe Willock signs in time for Sunday. Talk me through how important that is. Very, very important indeed because Willock is somebody that... It's crucial to us. We don't, outside of Callum Wilson, we don't score goals. And once he came to us in January, his record's just phenomenal. His record as a striker, out-and-out frontman, would be phenomenal. Eight goals in 13 games, only 11 starts. I mean, if you got a centre-forward that's had Joe Linton, who was bought as a number nine, started off like that, we'd all be talking about Jackie Milburn, Supermac and Big Allen, wouldn't we? Uh, so his record is quite phenomenal, and considering the only other guy that consistently scores goals when he's fit and well is Callum Wilson, he's absolutely important to, to uh, the Newcastle United side. And um, the fact that he is expected to come as a permanent deal instead of a, a loan, which was last season, is an extra bonus because in many ways, mainly because he's indoors and he's ours for the next X number of years and that is absolutely crucial to us. It's also crucial without it being the most important thing that it allows two more on loan positions to be freed up instead of one of them to be taken by Willock because the one thing I am very anxious for Newcastle United to do is not for Mike Ashley to get out the big cigar and the bottle of plonk and lie back in his chair with a smug smile on his face and say well I've done what's asked of me no you haven't Mike Ashley you've got one player in albeit a very good one and albeit um, permanently but Newcastle need more than that. That one signing, believe it or not, only takes us back to where we were at the end of last season. It doesn't give us anybody on top of that. It is the same squad as finished last season. And while it finished well, um, it's not good enough 
to go through a whole season when you know you're going to pick up suspensions, injuries, dropping form of various players. We need, before August the 31st, more. At least another midfielder, certainly a, a centre-back, uh, in an ideal world, a striker. But, of course, even uh, Steve Bruce tells us we don't need one of those, so silly old me. And if we if we don't need one, it, he'll be convinced, now he's got Willock with his goals, that we don't need one. But, yeah, I'm, I'm chuffed about Willock. It's important as well because it gives everyone a boost, the squad, the fans, and so important going into that game against West Ham on Sunday at home, potentially a full house, even though I know the tickets are on general sale now, but it probably will be around 45, 50,000, we'd imagine. So if we'd gone into that game without Joe Willick uh, signing, of course we still may do, but hopefully we won't do, it wouldn't have been the best start um, to the season. So hopefully we will have him signed, we'll have him signed in time to start as well, because... Like you say, without him in that side, you're relying on one man to get the goals because we know Alan St. Maxim doesn't really hit the back of the net. We are relying on Callum Wilson. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting if he does if he does sign Joe Willock, what goes on in that midfield because it's so congested. Yeah, it's congested with mediocrity. <laughs> uh, that's the, the massive difference. We could lose any of that midfield and it wouldn't make any difference to the side whatsoever. That's one of the problems. Bags of bodies, no ability. Um, we're all much of a muchness outside of John Joe Shelby, who plays differently to everybody else, but with huge limitations on getting around the pitch, on, on his ability to do that. Um, we know he's long-range passing, etc., etc., but it's very much a much of a muchness. Um, and the interesting thing I found, you know, there's one or two eyebrows being raised at saying, oh, all of a sudden uh, we're willing to pay between 20 and £25 million pound on Willock. What a surprise that is. But that is um, Ashley reverting to nature and reverting to the argument that's been put in front of him before, which is buy very, very young uh, and then sell it doubling the price later. The only thing that's wrong with that argument is that the twice he's done that, it hasn't quite worked. I mean, uh, Joe Linton was bought just short of his 23rd birthday, uh, so a splash of 40 million, and he actually thought he would be able to double his money at some future date on that. Almiran was bought just short of his 25th birthday, so he was only 24 exactly the same thought but I mean if you looked at that market today Joe Linton's current value would be less than half of the 40 million paid to him and probably considerably less than half and Almirin who I admire a lot of what Miggy's about um, but he, a lot of other things need improving you'd be lucky if you got your money back on, on Almirin at the moment, your 20 million back if you went in the market. And just to emphasise, because we're talking about forward players here, which are always the people that cost an awful lot of money, to emphasise, Willick scored eight goals and only 13 appearances, so in half a season, his eight goals is better than Big Joe's record for two seasons in the Premier League. Big Joe has six goals, goals in 69 Premier League games and Almirin the same thing in half a season Willock is equal what Almirin has achieved in two and a half seasons 
because he's got eight goals in 80. So for the big outlays we had for Joe Linton and Al Maven, we've got six goals in 69 and eight in 80, which is a poor return. Willock is promising much more than that, uh, and that's why he's absolutely essential to this side. How you put him in the side? Well, we know because we put him in last season. And if we're truthful, we've got ex at this given moment we've got exactly the same players as we had then. Um, so you know, uh, not much has changed, but we've got the relief of having Willick for the full season. What we've also got, which I think is good, Andrew, is we've got a new signing. That to be the first signing, it's far too close to the beginning of the season. This, the reason we'll get away with it is because new signings traditionally need a betting-in period. Willock will not, because he played for six months with all these players at the end of last season. He doesn't have to get used to styles, what's in maximum want, where does he want it, where's the ball going to come from Shelby or anyone else, or Fraser or uh, Almiron, because he knows. And that is Yet again, one of the hidden bonuses, he doesn't need a bedding in period. Mm, he's already done his initiation song, standing <laughs> on top of the table, so there's none of that. Yeah. Um, like we said, we'll, we'll cover a few scenarios. Hopefully, by the time this goes out, Willick will have signed. But let's just consider the doomsday uh, scenario that the talks over personal terms don't go to plan and the, and the deal falls through. We don't think it will do. We we know the player wants to return. We know the, the, the fee's been agreed and he should pass his medical fine. But... Just a quick word, John, on on that doomsday scenario. Well, I mean, to be perfectly truthful, I don't even want to consider it because <laughs> it would be like standing on the gallows with a noose round your neck and then somebody kicking the block from under your feet. Um, and I know a lot of Newcastle fans because I've been approached whenever you stick your head out the door by a lot saying, oh, what can be jinxed? He hasn't signed yet. And, and it's understandable because the takeover collapsed when we had so much hope on the takeover um, and it going through relatively quickly because Ashley wanted it as well and we would beat the Premier League's um, hijacking of the deal. Uh, we haven't and that looks as far away as it's ever been. Everybody we've been linked with this summer and there's been a loads of centre-halves we wanted to Celtic kid who instead went to Brentford. I mean, we can't pull ahead of Brentford. Are you kidding me or what? I mean, what state of events is that? Um, and and we, we had the Manchester United kid who's gone to Aston Villa instead of to us. When we were told he wanted to come to us because he'd be a regular, and at Aston Villa he mightn't be a regular, he's still gone to Aston Villa. Um, and Steve Bruce was his manager at Aston Villa when he was on loan there in the first place. So we have repeatedly not signed anybody when we're supposed to have been on the verge of signing somebody and we've lost the takeover so I can understand the fans being very apprehensive in case this doesn't go through but I honestly believe that I cannot see it not I cannot see him not passing a medical I think his agent will naturally go for the best terms it's possible to get with all the add-ons because that's his job but I don't think that that uh, Willock will walk away from the deal because of that. He is obviously not wanted at Arsenal and has faced up to that fact. So that door of, of his schoolboy dream is firmly shut. Uh, and it's not a matter of going back there if Newcastle deal collapses, it's going somewhere else. 
where he's perhaps not as as readily loved as he would be here. So I honestly, and I don't think at this stage, having agreed the initial fee, that Ashley would it could stand even him failing to clinch it on personal terms. So I'm not going to even think of it not happening because I think it will happen. But it's when. Mm. It's whether it's in time for West Ham or not. Well, let's talk about that West Ham game. Let's say that he, he does come in. What does that do for the starting eleven for Newcastle United? It looks like everyone is going to be fit. We know John Joe Shell missed a large part of the preseason, but he came off the bench against Norwich and, and impressed. So he's likely to play some part or at least be available to. So what does that do for that starting eleven against West Ham? Well, it improves it immediately. That is that is the most obvious thing to say. But you know, the whole picture is confusing. Um, for an opening day of the season, the whole picture on the 11 starters for Newcastle United is utterly confusing because it hasn't been the best of pre-seasons. Yes, outside of Dubrovka and possibly Domit, uh, who I think are not fit and will not take part in the match, you, you look at the rest of the team and what can you say for certain in terms of starting the match? San Maximum, Wilson, Shelby, Almiron, because he was at the Copa America, Manquillo, have all not got a lot of time under their belt in pre-season games. And will they be good enough and ready enough to start? I mean, San Maximum will start because you need him so desperately, it's untrue. Wilson has looked rusty on the little appearance he's had, but I think he'll start. Um, Shelby is adored by Bruce, but will he start or will he come on? Will Amirin start or come on? Will Manquillo start or come on? I don't think there's enough petrol in the tank for a lot of those boys to play 90 minutes. And therefore, selecting the Newcastle team that starts, uh, it would be easy to put half of those on the bench and bring them on because that's about the stage they're at. But they can't do that. Yeah, they can't got to start with them. To do that. They've got to start with them. So the team is going to be confusing and it must be something of a gamble. Do we do we see five at the back? We, we're seeing yes. Woodman start and I think that's brilliant because I think the best thing for Woodman and Newcastle is now... To, to give him a chance, and I know we, no one wants to see Dubrovka get injured, but you know, and this is a good chance for Woodman to to to, to, to show why he deserves to be number one. Um, so we we think he'll start because obviously Darlow has been out with with COVID nineteen and only just come back. But do we see five at the back? I think I think we do from the point from Bruce's point of view. I think it's his preferred way of going. He's playing a side that can be dangerous uh, on the counter. I think he'll go with three centre-halves and you've got to remember that Bruce and Richie worked, uh, sorry, Murphy and Richie worked for Bruce very well as the wing-backs at the end of last season and there'll be a great temptation to stay with them and not start with Manquillo and not start with Lewis. So I think he'll play three centre-halves and you may as well flick a coin up in the air as to who those three should be. Because for me, that is a worrying position. And I hope before August the 31st, we do sign on, on loan, if necessary, a centre-half. Because we need a powerful, quick one that can push them up, push the line up, can press, etc. 
each of our central defenders can over 90 minutes spend 80 minutes looking good but they've got a mistake in them Shaw makes mistakes on the ball we know about Lascelles Kieran Cox got a heart the size of a frying pan but can't make a mistake we haven't got a big beast in there that lock the door and throw the key away um, and therefore you can flick which ones you want to start there Fernandez. Fernandez, excellent, um, and I think will be one of the three. Um, but there's nobody in that three that I look at and say, "Oh, that's a, a Bob Moncur, that's a Woodgate, that's a." Were you surprised Lejeune? I know we're, we're we're going off topic here a little bit, but were you surprised Lejeune has been let go? Were you surprised Cal Watts was was put out on loan? <laughs> there's a good question. He was going to have to, when you look at the, the centre-halves, when you look at Fernandez, when you look at Shaw, when you look at Lascelles, when you look at Clark, when you look at Lejeune, it was pointless keeping them all. Yeah. Somebody was going to have to go one, maybe two. Um, and it happened to be Lejeune, and I think he's very unfortunate because his injuries caught up with him. But they did. What worries me about all those centre-halves as well is that all of a, a considerable age. There isn't a real bright kid in there. Um, Watts might turn out to be that kid long-term. But there isn't a bright kid. They're all in their late 20s or 30. Um, and that is a position Newcastle must look at, and I believe they will look at, uh, between now and August the 31st. Um, up front, you're going to go with you're going to go with Wilson, you're going to go with... Um, uh, I mean, the interesting thing is, you say, if Willock takes one of those midfield positions, um, you know, who do you go with? I think under if everybody was up to pace, he would go with Shelby, because uh, Bruce would, because he thinks that Shelby is not the dinosaur who should be in the Hancock Museum, as some of us suspect, but as as our playmaker... I'm not certain that um, he's now as good as that. Um, both the Longstaffs could be on their way out at some stage, whether it was on loan or, or whatever. Um, Fraser is an interesting one. So much talent, owes Newcastle so much because his debut season was horrendous. Mm. Um, and his attitude and his desire is what it's going to be all about this season. He is a natural winger. He's been playing at number eight. He can pick a pass. It, it could be interesting in there, and that's going to be fascinating to watch as the season develops. Mr Isaac Hayden? <sighs> Honest to God, uh, we'll work all day long. If we're playing a quality side, it'll play through you like Manchester City, etc., etc., you need Hayden to help lock the door. Uh, not the greatest passer in the world. If we had great passers alongside him, he would do a terrific job. But when he's got alongside him other non-passers, uh, our midfield looks very pedantic. Mm. Um, I think he's a good squad player, whether he's a start player now, Willock's here, uh, remains to be seen. So I think he needs to start. I think he gives you that bit of bite and he, he compliment the attacking he yeah, does. He does. Um, give, he well. does give you that. Um, not a great passer of the ball, and my worry is that in midfield, out, outside of Shelby, 
because that's not Willock's game. Willock is is box to box. Yeah. Willock is somebody who runs. Willock will arrive late in the box and finish. He is unique in that and fabulous in that and wonderful in that. But he's not a playmaker. He's more a goal taker. Have we got a playmaker outside of Shelby? No, probably not. And that's probably one of the areas that they're looking to to, to sort out. Um. We look at West Ham now because we'll finish on a positive and that is the fans getting back into the ground. But we'll look at mm. West Ham. They were unbeaten in pre-season. Two draws, five wins, finished sixth last season. They have only made one sign so far and that's uh, Aureliola who was the, the, the PSG keeper who was on loan at Fulham last season. He performed very well for Fulham despite their relegation. So he's back in the Premier League. Um, they're closing in on the Florentina defender Nikolai uh, Magalkovic. Hope I pronounced that right. Nobody will uh, challenge yeah. you on that. 14 million, so he might sign in time for Sunday. They're in talks with Kurt Zuma. And ironically, they're, they're in the middle of a takeover saga as well, which yeah. is um, being backed by Rio Fernand and Anton Fernand. So, um, interestingly, the fans maybe will soon feel a bit of what Newcastle fans have suffered for the last uh, 18 months or so. What do you make of West Ham, John? Because I think they're one of these sides that are, obviously, they've got top four amb- uh, ambitions, Many people thought they would get into the top four last season. They crumbled towards the end. They're a decent side. David Moyes, a decent manager. He's had to rebuild his career somewhat after that My United debacle and what happened at Sunderland. They're a dangerous side, though. Newcastle are going to have to be on top of their game this Sunday. Oh, we can't underestimate them at all. I mean, for me, they were the surprise team of last season because they finished sixth. I mean, to finish sixth, we won down there on the opening day. They, they looked in disarray then at that stage. Um, people were looking at Moyes rather cynically, outsiders, and saying yesterday's man since Everton, he's done nothing of any consequence, Manchester United, uh, Sunderland, etc., etc. And they ended up sixth, won a place in the Europa League and finished a whopping 20 points ahead of us. 20 points. And that's and considering the season before. They oh, finished well below Newcastle. Absolutely. Didn't, didn't they just five relegation yes. within the last oh, few weeks? And, and, and we've got to remember, when they finished 20 points above us, we did the double over them. <laughs> we, yeah. we, there's six points they give up well, there's to some Newcastle. Hope, some hope for the Sunday then. Oh, that's the hope. We won, <laughs> we won down there 2-0 on the opening day. Um, mind, we came back to earth pretty quick when we played at home to Brighton and got well cuffed. But we won 2-0. They then come up towards the end of the end of the season and they were established ends a good side and we won 3-2 and what a surprise, who scored the winning goal? Willock, as he did every week for a draw or a win. At that stage, we were in a golden period thanks to having Joe Willock and the coaching and ability of, of, of Graham Jones. Ironically, that was the start of their kind of crumble as well, wasn't it? That yep. start of the runoff yep. from which they fell but from But they still were 20 points ahead of us at the end of the season. Yeah, which what, was, we'd, what we'd give for a sixth-place finish. Oh, well, I mean, that, that tells itself. The interesting thing from that, apart from the hope that, well, we beat them twice last season, and we did, and there's no taking that away from us, uh, is the fact that they become such a good side. Primarily, the input of Lingard was as good as the input of Willock. Or it certainly was to start with when he was scoring goals after he went on loan, in the way Willock was. Towards the end of the season, you know, he wasn't scoring goals like that anymore. 
he dried up. And they're not going to sign him either by and the looks no, of it. No, he's, he's not there. So that is a, a big, big plus. But they've got good players. I mean, we saw what Declan Rice was uh, in the Euros. He was terrific. For yeah, I was never a fan of him until, no, until, until the summer. And then um, I, I, I kind of saw what most people did. Absolutely. Wow. And to be able to hang on to him because that uh, didn't look as if it was likely to happen. And he doesn't seem moody about it. You know, he doesn't seem perfectly balanced with a chip on both shoulders because he hasn't let me go. He hasn't done a Harry Kane situation. He, he is, you know, he's going to battle down, play for them. He might go in a year's time, but he's going to play for them. Antonio, who plays up front, is a handful on any day. He's physically strong. He scores goals. He is a handful. They're a good side. They're going to be a problem if we... Um, don't look out for them because they they in the love to counter, um, so they will be dangerous. What muddies the water for me is I just don't know who's going to start for us. Um, you know, it really, and a lot of people that start won't finish or people won't start and have to go on as sub. There's a lot of players we've mentioned that haven't got a lot in the tank, so it's going to be difficult to see how the first day could pan out. Certainly, I'm just thinking back to that West Ham game. It's the one where Fabianski made a bit of a howler, didn't he? Oh, yes. I mean, an absolute desperate one, if you remember. I mean, he actually managed to run in front of the cross and allowing the fella behind him to score. And he doesn't normally make too many of those mistakes, but he did. Lovely sunny sunny day, remember? So, yeah, what we'll take for that on Sunday as well, we'll take one of them uh, howlers. But I imagine, actually... Irola will probably start. I don't imagine he's he's come from PSG to sit on the bench. Um, on I know there's one thing John you're really keen to talk about when it comes to Newcastle, and that is Graham Jones. I know in our end of season review uh, back in the summer, you you were really looking forward to him having a full year at Newcastle United. He'd obviously mm. gone away with England to the Euros, major part of helping them get to the final, and now Newcastle are going to see the benefits of having him for a full season. I think there's no question about that whatsoever. I mean, I said during last season that uh, in the transfer, the last transfer window, the January transfer window, Newcastle didn't do business, but they did two bits of absolutely crucial business. One was signing uh, Willock and one was landing Graham Jones and both played a major role in keeping us up. What looked at the end is quite comfortable and wasn't, in fact, for the majority of the season. He is very important to us. He is a front foot coach. Um, He's positive. His glasses are full, not half empty. Uh, He wants to find the ways to attack. He's not going to be gung-ho. He's not going to be Keegan. He hasn't got the players to encourage Newcastle to do that. It's going to be counter. We're not going to dominate possession. But he is going to... When we break... play up and win the ball whether it's on our 18 yard line or closer to the halfway line he's going to want to go one way and he's going to try to do that with the pace we've got with Almiron with St Maximum with Wilson when he's up to 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 full pace and so he's going to have a, a significant input and I think we needed that and I think Steve Bruce as a manager who tends to think what can we do not to lose rather than what can we do to win needs the encouragement of someone like him around him to push him into making decisions which are um, 
proactive instead of reactive. And uh, that will help. But we will need everything Jones can give us from the touchline and everything Willick and Wilson and San Maximum can give us on the pitch. I mean, the great concern as the season goes on is that San Maximum and Wilson stay fit and healthy because they don't. You yeah. look at their record, they don't. It's great when they're on the pitch and up to pace, but the do you would not expect either of those this coming season to be ever present. Yeah. And they would be ever present if they were fit. They would play it's, it's, uh, they would play thirty eight games if they were fit, they yeah. would play thirty eight games. We know they're not gonna play thirty eight games because they're not going to remain fit. It is the way they are. It's the animal. So what we do when they don't play and how long we've got to play without them becomes significant. That's where Willick's a huge help. And that's where we've got to hope that somebody like Dwight Gale, who showed good flashes against Norwich, albeit Norwich's kids and the bookies favourites to go down, um, can somehow do the job because the only cover we've got for Wilson is Gale mm. um, and that frightens me to death yeah two excellent finishes but like I said I think we both agree and I think everyone listening and watching will hopefully well we'll all want another striker to come in obviously they've lost Andy Carroll as well let him go on a free which I know John isn't too uh, disappointed with not at all having said I am not disappointed I'm not disappointed Muto's gone uh, I'm not disappointed with a lot of those decisions, but what I am disappointed with is that when you get rid of them, you've got to get bodies in. Yeah, you need I mean, if we if we threw everybody out the Newcastle squad that we don't think is good enough for to be a mid-table Premier League club, we wouldn't be able to put a side out. Yeah, you and I'd be getting the call. Yes, so uh, so it's all right saying this guy's not good enough, and that guy's not good enough, and that, but they must numerically be replaced. And the fact that Bruce has come out and said, I don't need a striker, and when asked to explain, puts forward Almiron and St. Maximum to be an orthodox centre-forward target man striker, I I don't think so. Um, not their best position in a million miles. No, not at all. But we do need to see more goals from the pair of them. Before I get your score prediction, John, <laughs> um, I'll just uh, point people in the direction of the latest episode of Gibbo's Corner. It was all about the best partnerships of Newcastle United. We had Sheeran Fernam, we had uh, Mick Quinn and McGee, we had John Tudor and Supermark, amongst many others that... Um, me and John discussed it's la it's over on YouTube so you can head over there and watch it. Uh, we filmed it in the Lanehead Pub and Writing, it's also on a podcast channel. So um do give that a search, a really good episode if we do say so ourselves. Before your score prediction, John, obviously Sunday will be the first opportunity Newcastle can have a sellout. Tickets are on general sale at the moment, but like we say, I I, I can't see it dropping below fifty thousand really. I think I think despite everything that's gone on, despite the anger at the wards might actually still the lack of signings and what have you. I think people are, will be for the first few weeks just desperate to get back to seeing live football at St James's Park. Uh, what are you most looking forward to on Sunday about fans returning to the ground? Literally that. It's a wonderful occasion. If ever we learned how valuable fans are, it was the season when we didn't have them. Uh, it just lifts the game as well as the players. It's what it's all about. They create the excitement, the love the passion, the caring, um, it, it all comes gushing down from the terraces and it's so, so important to any football club. And I think 
to to in some perverse way to visiting sides as well because they're playing you know let's stick together we're playing against 50,000 Geordies and Newcastle United mm. but isn't the atmosphere great every team that comes up here says how wonderful it is to come up here because of the fans it's always because of the fans and that is going to be superb for the game for uh, the link and yes the biggest benefit Mike Ashley's going to have to get out of jail by having big crowds because they produce finance and that's what he's all about is two things one the fact that they a lot of fans haven't been in the ground for 18 months or whatever it is and are going to come pouring back because they need the fix they're desperate for the fix angry or not they're desperate for the fix and they love Newcastle United and the other thing's Willick he has significantly lifted the general feeling from abject misery to oh a bit of honest hope. honest Joe's back and he brings his goals and you know he's got a lovely personality he's got this warm smile he, he he's very cleverly and quickly identified with the fans even though they weren't in the ground last season social media various things meeting them in the street and he and San Maximum are on the same wavelength as the fans. And they will identify with the fans when the fans are in the ground. And they will get a lift from the fans and they will give the fans something back so that we're not just all about misery and Joe Linton's missed another goal. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of hope there. It is wonderful, wonderful uh, for them to come back. It is up to the side and it's up to Steve Bruce to take tactics which give us a chance of winning games, that pick sides to give us a chance of winning games, um, so that the fans stay positive for the hour and a half of a game and not negative, because negativity would be a killer for Bruce. If he faced a season of fans letting him know what to think about him, and that remains exactly the same deep down, we would be in dreadful trouble. But they will not go back this first game with the idea of letting Bruce know what to think. They'll go back thinking, we're back in the ground yeah. after, you know, Joe Willick's back with us. Come on, let's go, etc. That will only sour if we get cuffed by West Ham, get cuffed by Aston Villa and suddenly start going in the wrong direction. That is up to the management team to put right. It is also up to Ashley to put right before August the 31st and let him not duck that. Joe Willock is not enough. Joe Willock is wonderful, but it's not enough. You couldn't play Lionel Messi in 10 potatoes. You, it's a team game. Yeah. It's not a one-man game. And will Newcastle win then on Sunday? Will they start the 2021-22 campaign with a victory? Oh, isn't that a wonderful... And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to mark down every prediction that we do over the season. We'll see how we do at the end. Well, it, it's easier to, to uh, forecast a win, a draw, or a loss. Forecasting a score is, is like... Well, that's what um, we'll do. We'll, we'll forecast a win, draw, or loss. That's what we'll do Because scores are quite yeah, ridiculous. It's a lottery, again. isn't it? So, um, come on then. A lottery. Win, draw, or Well, loss. I'll say first, and I will nail my, my colours to mass, that it wouldn't surprise any of us and any Geordie if Newcastle won 2-1, drew 1-1, or lost 2-1. Because... 
I've never approached a match so confusing as this in terms of who plays. And in terms, you know, Steve Bruce says everybody's fit. That's fine. But everybody's not match fit. Yeah. And that's the difference. And we don't know if we'll explain at this stage. So there's some... I'm not bothered about West Ham here. We know what they're going to produce. I want to know what we are going to produce. I'm going to go for a win for Newcastle. But it's, that's partly hard. It's partly the fans back in. It's partly Willock. And it's partly because don't we deserve that after what we've had to put up with all this summer and having been denied everything from a takeover to hope to right signs to everything we deserve a break and the big man in the sky might just give it that break Newcastle win on Sunday fingers crossed well John thank you for joining us for the first match preview to you guys listening please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a little review as well if you get a moment do head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep a date with all the latest Newcastle United news <laughs>